from the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio. Cleveland! Cleveland is a city of champions once again. Since 2012. Welcome to the Panel Scanners. Uh, man, as always, sitting across from me is Darren. How are you doing tonight, Darren? Hello, good evening. This is Tom Brokaw. Tonight, our top story, Gerald Ford is in the hospital, our former president. I've been working on my Tom Brokaw yeah, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I hear that. That's, That's pretty good, right? Yeah, you're at, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's one of your I don't know why I've been working on Tom Brokaw. Because but why not? Everyone needs that in their pocket, right? You know, I just, I, for some reason, I feel like we missed actual newsmen lately. You mean, yeah. Reporting. I, you can't, the news is just an absolute disaster. The amount of typos, too. It's all oh, in the F. Former President Gerald Ford. <laughs> it's F-O-A-R-R-D. That's how we do it. If yeah. you were to spell it phonetically when he says it. Absolutely. And chuckling next to me is Tim. <laughs> What's going on, Tim? Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. That Shazam! Oh, yeah. Did, did you see Shazam, by the way? I did. What did you think? Um, I need to see it again because oh, I had seven... 16-year-old boys Ugh. sitting behind us, and they wouldn't stop talking during the movie and making rude comments. Upsetting. So it really took me, took the family out of the movie. I, yeah, I understand so, that. Sorry, you go to one of those theaters, you complain, and they just don't do anything about it? I wasn't going to complain. Oh, I freaking complain. I, especially if I go to a movie and I haven't been in one in a long time, I'm, I'll tell them, well, given our procession, I have no problem standing up and telling them to shut the... Yeah. <laughs> I would have... The only thing that stopped me was my daughter, because mm-hmm. I knew that would have embarrassed her beyond belief. Well, that's your job as a dad, though, right? <laughs> to that's embarrass her beyond point. belief. Yeah, I <laughs> right. So. I haven't gotten No, I I'm only, sure I I only like to use that as a threat. That's the only thing okay. that, I, that I can do to get oh, through. Oh, good point. Yeah, I get good it. Point. I go, if you don't do as I say, I'm going to embarrass you like nobody's <laughs> business. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be the only thing that works with her, so I have to save it. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't really Keep that have in your anything. holster. But it seemed, when, from what I could get into... I, it was okay. I, and then that's how I felt. I felt that, especially because I thought it was supposed to be really funny, and it didn't really. It was. It was. Oh, you saw it too. I did. I All randomly right. saw a DC movie. It, it took a lot out of me. <laughs> it was on one of the things you were most looking forward it to. Was. It, it was. It was your, like number eight. It, it surprised me that that I was into something like that. And it, the thing is, overall, I think it was good. Um, I was expecting it to be funnier, and it was not me as too. funny as anticipated. Uh, but. It was it was a fun little movie. I I, I enjoyed right. it. So I, let me ask you this. Yeah. Of the two Captain Marvels, which one did you like better? Hard to say. Because I enjoyed them for different reasons. I would say also that the Marvel Captain Marvel was you did you see that? Yes. Okay. I felt it was a little weaker overall, but I think a lot of it had to do with the news buzz around it, uh, which kind of brought it down. Interesting. Overall, I enjoyed it for what it was, but again, I it's something we've talked about a lot here, is I'm starting to feel the Marvel fatigue a little with the films, and it's I was talking to the guy I always go see movies with, uh, the, the Marvel movies with, after, and we were discussing some of the things, he was pointing out some of the things that he didn't like, like the Jessica Girl song over the one fight scene. And, gotcha. And he, felt, he said it felt more like they were trying to shove things down our throat. And I was like, but think think back. Think back 
even five years ago, and if we had gone and seen that movie, what would you have thought? He would like it would have been, it was amazing. Yeah, it was like exactly. And I think because it it didn't do anything super special and super outside of the norm, so it was a good movie, but it wasn't it wasn't Iron Man the first time around or Avengers the first time around or because I'm such a fanboy, Spider-Man Homecoming the first time around. It, it was a very different feel versus Shazam, which was kind of like this fun, almost more all ages, goofy, kid figures out his superpowers thing. Here's the thing. Uh, my daughter, who's 16, said it was her favorite Marvel movie. I can see that. And understandably so. Sure. She, I mean, who has grown up Watching these Marvel movies, which is being crazy being, thing to think about, yeah, right? right, exactly. Being male dominant, I mean, she was craving this like like nobody's business. This was like this was a dream come true for her, and I loved that movie for the fact that she loved that movie, and I was so happy that she had this to be able to latch on and and how important it was to her as a female to have this incredibly super strong role model and um there it, it succeeded and she loved the where she loved just a girl yeah. she pointed out that she loved that part of the movie so it if they were gearing it towards um, people like her, they hit it out of the park. Which, and I mean, if you look at all these Marvel films, they are, I don't want to say they're for specific audiences, but there is a specific almost theme to each one. Like, your Ant-Man is more of your, like, heist movie, right? Sure. And your Guardians is your space thriller. Uh, Everything has its own thing, and Captain Marvel was the strong female role model that Marvel really needed because... What did we have before that? Black Widow, who was just kind of like an afterthought? Yeah. And I mean, she has her own movie now. Yeah. It's coming too, but... No, that's... Uh, it's... it's, it's You're right. They have specific... Um, they get specific, like you said, with certain things, mm-hmm. but they still follow the Marvel formula. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie still had the Marvel formula, for sure. Right. Absolutely. And it... Uh, yeah, I can see what you say about the fatigue, mm-hmm. and good thing we're getting to the point where it's, I guess maybe Endgame is <laughs> just about... Is it, though? <laughs> I mean, with Spider-Man, what, two months later? One, two months but later. But I guess, I guess they're calling it the end of Phase 1. Well, Phase 3. <laughs> But well, there was also that big April Fool's thing that went out and said that they're not making any more Marvel movies, and then oh, yeah, it was please. just a giant joke. And, I mean, we're starting with the new group, but the thing is, is it still going to follow this formula? And I mean, the formula is very good. However, it is the formula. So, like, you, you see it, it's good, but it, it's not wowing at this point. Absolutely. And I, I think that's part of it, too. And actually, there was an article I just read yesterday, might have been today, my days are bleeding together, where Mark Hamill was talking about a similar thing with Star Wars. I saw that. With the Star Wars fatigue, yep. and that it, it isn't, and he's not saying that the movies are great, but he's saying that I don't think that they are as enjoyable because you're getting hit in the face with them. And, and I mean, that's, that's what the Marvel thing is. They're good movies, but it's still... Seriously, I blink. I when we went to see Shazam, Captain Marvel still in the movie theater, right? We have posters up all over the place for Endgame, for Hellboy. Like yeah. it, it's just 
you they're everywhere. They're just everywhere. So it's interesting, and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about this later this month, but I think you might be getting to where I've been for roughly two years now with the superhero fatigue. So I'm glad you mentioned it, and I'm going to be interested to hear what you have to say about that. Okay. But I do think we should table that conversation. Okay. But getting back to what you just said about perhaps the oversaturation of Star Wars... In just a few minutes, I think we're going to talk extensively about just that topic. But before we do... Yeah, well, let's bounce actually back to the Marvel Universe with some good news uh, for some people. Some people are kind of on the fence about this. Because while we were away... Yes, James Gunn got his contract back for the next Guardians of the Galaxy film. I'm thrilled about that. I mean, I am too. I, that, again, when we're talking about the specific themes to each one of these films, he has a very specific feel to the way he creates them. And... I f- don't think Guardians would feel the same without him at the helm. I agree. Granted, totally agree. we don't know what Guardians are alive. We'll find <laughs> out. So I, I, I am. I'm, I'm happy to see him back at it. I'm, I'm glad they gave him another choice and they accepted another chance and they accepted his apology and all of that. And maybe he learned his lesson to maybe not say what comes to his mind at all points. But it, it's good to see him back. I know that the cast is very happy to have him back because the cast was real bummed to see him go. Uh, so yeah, James Gunn back. They're gonna have to wait Guardians. though. Yeah, because he has to finish Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, well, I think he has to do Suicide Squad. I don't think they're very far into that. No, so. not that. Not that. Not I know. to. Not that I want to uh, cultivate visuals on a podcast. But all those who are gonna go see uh, are excited about Suicide Suicide Squad. Raise your hand. I That's kind of what with I thought. Him, oh, wait, with, there's one raising it. Yeah, no, with with uh, with Gunn doing it, that it's haven't they already gone through two dead shots though? <laughs> well, let's add a third. But uh, no, no they, they're not. Apparently, Deadshot's not going to be in this. Well, one, yeah, because the two guys quit. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's just writing's on the wall. That's <laughs> it for Deadshot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting to the point with the movies that are outside of the the realm too. It's it's. I actually am waiting to hear what people say about it. No, so mm-hmm. I might just wait. To, they're like, it's cool. It's fun. Let's go see it. That's what happened with Shazam. So maybe that's what will happen with Suicide Squad. No, that yeah, I get you. I don't know. Well, that that's the the Marvel movie big news. Is there any uh, TV news over there, Darren? For the yeah, this CW, one kind of yeah? came as a bit of a shock. Arrow season eight will be its last, and it's going to be a truncated season at that. Only ten episodes, which I think will take them just past their uh, epic crossover, which they've already announced as Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a surprise to me. I mean, I, I know the show is getting a little bit long in the tooth, but those uh, CW shows they seem to be as popular as they ever were. You know, the funny thing is, I just dropped Arrow this season. You may as well I, pick it back up and I, see I, it through to the I end. Watched, I watched probably the first third of the season with uh, Oliver was in prison and everything. And yeah, you had spoken. It was actually pretty good. But then it got to the point where I started having it on in the background. And, you know, I started doing other things while the show was on. I'm just like, what am I doing? So, yeah. I, are I you considering it. just picking it back up to see it through to the end? I mean, maybe. Wait, what are we, I mean. I we, made it this far. I guess yeah. maybe I should. And, you know, it, let's think about it. That show deserves some kudos for helping usher in the superhero television era. Because, I mean, think about it. It was 2012. I mean, that was right when we started this podcast. And it was almost kind of like. Are they really doing a Green Arrow show? And I think we we was like this thing's not going to last four weeks. And then here it is, season eight, and <coughs> it has had. I mean, you have to put some of the moments in that show right up there with some of the best moments of any other superhero show. I mean, it's certainly. I mean, sure. After eight years, you're going to have your ups and downs, your peaks and valleys. 
But I, I think, you know, it's going to be deserved to, to stand up and take a bow. Like, great job. You somehow got eight seasons out of Green Arrow. <laughs> not, not anything I would have predicted. Well, well done for them, I guess. Uh, now, Phil, I just found something out, and I immediately thought of you. Okay. <laughs> because when we, uh, earlier podcast, when we were doing our, was it our favorite vehicles? Yes. And do you remember, of course you remember of which your number one vehicle yeah. was, which was? Tony Stark's armor. Yeah, well, now it seems you're going to get a chance to get, without actually having the armor. Uh, see, that's the best part, though, right? <laughs> right. The closest thing you can get to it. Um, they are releasing an Iron Man VR game for um, the PS VR. It's going to be done by uh, Camouflage Studios. Um, they've How actually, will we see it? Uh, they've actually been working on this for two and a half years. You know, I wonder when I went to that um, that that Marvel exhibit in Seattle, okay. they had uh, almost VR light of Iron Man's armor that you could like stand around, and, like hold your hand out, and shoot your repulsors, right. and put your hands to your side, and pretend like you're <clears> flying. Uh, I wonder if that was kind of the baseline info for it maybe and i you know the interesting it's funny i don't know if you've seen the trailer for it or not i i have i did i did look the at the trailer it. it's funny i watched the trailer and i was like eh, same didn't look that great to me no but then what they did was they actually had people play it and they actually released a few other clips of him of you training and flying through above water through some rock formations and that that looked really cool. And you have the actual heads-up display as if you had the helmet on. And apparently you're it's going to be free-roaming where you you fly like you have the repulsors. You have to hold the controllers mm-hmm. down behind you. To They said it really takes a little bit to get used to, but he go, they're saying that it's really like the flight mechanics. And the people who actually um, demoed it said it looks much better than what they got in the trailer. I, and I think that's the issue with VR as well as a whole. I mean, you're as someone who owns a VR thing, yeah. a lot of those a lot of those games just if you see like a demo of them, they don't they don't do justice <laughs> to what you experience. Uh that cuz that's what happened well, with me when sure. I saw when I saw the uh, most recent Resident Evil. Yeah. And I saw some people playing it and like freaking out. I'm like that's not scary at all. And then I played the demo and I was like, no, 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 no. This thing's going to stab yeah. me because they stab you in the leg with a with a knife during it, and it's terrifying. You're, and you're absolutely right. That is, to me, the biggest problem with VR right now is you cannot create a trailer or a video that can convey what the experience is really like. You really don't know until you put that headset on. I mean, you, uh, I brought it over here and you tried it out. I mean. Yeah, we both Don't you did, agree? Did. Yeah. It, it was until you actually put that thing on, it, it just doesn't uh, compare. No. I don't know. Well, I, I'm I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. But all right, as uh, this is becoming a regular thing, I think I'm going to move on to some Star Wars updates. It is a regular thing. <laughs> Speaking of, go ahead. We suppose what the your number one thing you would have looked forward to was going to be for the calendar year 2019, since you were unable to join us. Right. And I think did we come to an agreement on this? Did we do that on air? I can't remember. We, if did. we did. It was not. It was. Uh, we did record this. 
Uh-huh. I supposed that the only way it's not a Galaxy's Edge is if you're not getting there this year. It Here's the thing. I'm not getting there this year, okay. which breaks my heart. But it's still the number no, one. Okay. It's still my yeah. number one. Called and the re- the reason for that is I'm still gonna be I'm gonna be all over it. I'm gonna yeah. be checking out videos, any, any type of vlog, anything that I can get. The fa- it's funny though because I showed a video of my son because they actually have a video and the Falcon is pretty much complete. Yeah, I saw. And it. I had a video and I go, Ethan, look, it, there it is. There's the Falcon. He goes. Dad, he goes, it's not real until I'm standing in front of it. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of with him on that. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it is a great point. It My wife really is, is really into the Disney stuff, too. I'm sure it's going to be great. Right. Uh, from the, I mean, and if you were going when it opens, guess what? You're not getting in anyway. So I feel right. like, <laughs> and it's like they, the estimates that you will spend most of the day there and only see quarter of it when yeah. even like two or three years i'm like i'm sorry disney world's kind of got a lot of stuff for me to go waste oh a whole yeah quarter a whole day i i have concerns and here's the thing too about it here's the other thing too when it opens only uh the million falcon ride's gonna be open oh the forget uh, it the then. Other, yeah there's no the, way um I, rise of the Re- is it the resistance or I, I for the other one is not going to be fake stormtroopers anyway? Continue. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. You I'm know, it's funny. You. I did hear my my wife is real good friends with one like uh, someone who's working out for Disney since they graduated high school and they've risen above and they said, oh yeah, we're going to be pulling families um, left and right over the summer to do like the because they do that all the time, right? Like the if pull families for what? If, like, if there's a ride that's you know almost complete, they'll pull people in to see it. Oh yeah, because we were because we, they were doing it a bunch. We missed uh, the Frozen ride, which was the Matterhorn. Is that right? Or yeah, whatever it was called. Yeah, literally the, by two. No, or the Maelstrom. I think yeah, that's it. Was, it. Yeah, literally by two days. I gotcha. We missed it last time we were there, and we know there were families like, yeah, they pulled us in, so we were kind of hovering around there trying to get pulled in. So, right. I, I might have to pull a few strings. I have no strings to pull, but I might have to find <laughs> some strings and then try and pull those strings. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Well, good luck. To I'm you. under an embargo, Tim. I can tell you nothing. This is the disease in the moments. I will. Tim will finally punch uh, me in the face. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Uh, I, but I would want to hear everything about it. I, oh, I just would, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would torture you. But there's torture. more Star Wars coming. Almost, might one might say, too much? Yeah, it could be. Well, you know, today actually kicks off Star Wars Celebration. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, mm. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is kind of, yeah, any of the Star Wars news, uh, by the time you're listening to this, is probably, there's probably going to be tons more. I think they're releasing the teaser trailer tomorrow. Cause they're oh, ha- really? Yeah, they're having, I believe, the Episode Nine panel Does anyone care? Tomorrow. I do. I do. Absolutely. I will watch it because it's a trailer, yeah. but... I got to see this through. I got to see... Are you seriously not going to go see this... I, I'm hard pressed to think you won't give it a shot, Darren. I I don't know. Unless I don't we come think back and go. It's a garbage fire. Unless 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 you know, listen. For me, going out to see a movie is um is it's 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 a near impossibility mm-hmm. these days. And when I do get some free times, I'm sorry. I kind of I don't want to go see a movie. So I don't think like in the like when the last one came out, 
we did make some special arrangements to go see it. Had to because CJ was, you know, not yet a year old. I don't know if we're going to make special. I don't. I don't feel here in April compelled to make special arrangements to go see that movie. Where honestly, Maria and I had conversations when they started because I believe Star Wars Celebration was around this time two years ago when the Last Jedi was coming out, and she goes, "Don't worry, we'll figure it out." And I don't. I don't know. I, I, I I'm still I'm still really sour on the last. Yeah, I, I'm. There's no way I'm going into this with any type of enthusiasm that <coughs> I had for you know when the Force Awakens came out. So, which may be a good thing. I may be going in with this with. I will be going in this with very low expectations. And to me, it's like to me, I'm like I don't see how how can they fix this and wrap this up. You know, I'm curious to see it, but I'm not, like, overly excited. But I will check it out. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in the same boat. It's not that I'll go see it because I do want to see how it ends. And I don't think I was burned quite as badly by Last Jedi. Like, I didn't love it, but I wasn't as hateful toward it as you guys were. And, I mean, it was just the different levels. Were we hateful? I listened to the podcast. I wasn't there that night. It was rough. We I, we we ripped into it. Pretty I good. I do believe ultimately we said it's a well made film that I saw back in 1980, and they ruined Luke Skywalker's character. Yeah. Like they didn't understand. Well, but anyway, I'm on the the Star Wars Celebration Twitter. Eh, nothing nothing yet. yet. I have to admit. That Jedi Fallen Order logo is pretty cool. That looks pretty cool. That is one of the things that they're I saw that like, earlier. You, you know what that is? The video yeah. game? Yeah. I, yeah. That, I have to tell you, I'm looking forward to that announcement and the reveal of that way more yeah. than I'm looking forward to whatever trailer they're going to show. Yeah. No, I, let's face it. The video games, uh, for the most part, especially back in the day, have really, to me, have captured more of the spirit. Speaking of LucasArts. Right, yes, definitely. I I don't know if this this might be a story. A lot of people have been digging maybe a lot more about nothing. Um, but we'll see. Because um, there were some Disney job posts online um, with <coughs> descriptions for numerous roles, um, uh, all specifically for work at Lucasfilm Games. Um and they said these included producers, marketing coordinators, art directors, and other major roles. Um, they said, according to the postings, Lucasfilm Games will be working on interactive <coughs> products based on Star Wars or other Lucasfilm IP for all digital platforms. You know, so they they Disney they confirmed that the team is expanding, but they're not coming right out and saying it. In fact, they. After this news kind of broke and everyone is speculating, they Disney, to everyone's dismay, kind of reaffirmed their partnership with EA. So, which everyone's not, yeah. <laughs> they're not too crazy about. No. So, you know. Battlefront 2 is a kick. I, I don't know. It, uh, I didn't mind, I played the single player i'm not a multiplayer guy so yeah. i don't know it, it was it was fine it was okay yeah it was I, okay it could have been better i don't know how about you darren you got anything star wars uh, related there as it happens yes i do <laughs> now this i don't know why it's necessary but here it comes 
Star Wars number 108 will be released next month. Now, I know what you're thinking, especially if you've been reading the Star Wars comics. They're not at 108 yet. No, the recent run of comics is not. But the old original Marvel run that began shortly after uh, 1977's release of A New Hope did reach 107. They're releasing Star Wars 108 to continue that classic numbering sequence in a commemoration of that run of comics. Now, if you want to know more about those run of comics, go ahead and go all the way back to our first Star Wars special where I did a comprehensive review of the first 18 issues of the Star Wars comics. And then, if you want to know even more, go back to our second Star Wars special where I did a review of the everything after 18 all the way up to the, I believe what would... I think I ended right around the end of Empire Strikes Back. And if you're still not satisfied, well, just go ahead and wait until this November where we will do our third and hopefully final where I, for some reason, am a glutton for punishment and will continue (laughs) and conclude all the way up to 107. And I suppose, yes, I will probably pick up and read 108 following that. I have all kinds of stuff to say about this. Do they, um... Is is it just one issue? One issue. Now, are they going to try and wrap up whatever? I don't. I'm, I'm I details are a bit sketchy, but go ahead and ask. Go ahead and ask me about that big green rabbit. <laughs> Tell me more about that green. He's going to be big in. green. Oh well, then I'm in. Yeah, of course, Jackson. <laughs> I actually back in the day, I actually had a subscription to Star Wars comics. Uh, so you they, they came in. They came in a, back in the day. They came in a brown. Sleeve mm-hmm. like a, and the mailman would always fold it to put it in my mailbox, so it came nice and folded. <laughs> I, I am stunned that they haven't tried to get rid of some of that because of well, for one thing, Jabba. You what do you, you don't remember what Jabba looks like? All right, I'm going to show you. Oh, did they draw? Him? Oh, so they took liberty. So they had the character of Jabba. They used Jabba. I don't remember that. Oh, I'll show you. I think my my father in law gave me the big giant ones. I will show you yeah, Jabba. And you know what? That. I'm going to put it on the Instagram too okay. to show you what Jabba looked like. If I haven't done so already, I think I it was on the Facebook page. I mean, all right. I want to show you what Jabba looked like. How far did they? Did he Nowhere. play a big role? Yeah. In fact, he factored. Oh. Okay, so we're going to get to more of this uh, in a couple of months. <laughs> okay. At one point in the comics, Han and Chewie settle their differences with Jabba and go on about their ways, and Jabba's like, yeah, you know, it's just business. And they actually become friends a little <laughs> bit. And then they go, and it was literally like, and by the way, this is only like two issues before The Empire Strikes Back. So then it was like it was like the issue after Empire Strikes Back, they had to do something like, Jabba's upset again. <laughs> Like, oh yeah. Oh so I'll, I'll listen. Go listen to those. If you, if you, I think the first one was right before, maybe a couple months before you joined us. Yeah, I think so. And then the second one, there was all kinds of strange stuff. I'm actually kind of looking forward to doing it. The last one, it's a, it's it's fun to do. So we'll get around to that. You know, it's funny. You talking about it makes it so interesting to me. Don't read. But I up. know the moment that I would <laughs> open it up. That I would just I would lose oh, that sure. interest just as fast. I I, just, I remember and I don't know why this is burned in my skull, but I think it's Han Solo running around the Death Star in the New Hope ad- adaptation, 
and he's yelling about the five fire rings of Fornax. <laughs> Don't read him. Anyway. Yeah, no. Still not done with Disney. No, no. Well, since Disney owns everything, you know, they have to move Monopoly. on. Monopoly. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we're move, We're getting closer and closer to this Disney Plus um, service. It, they're announcing it today, right? I, yeah, you I know. I didn't get to read any of the... The drop on it. I tried to find out. I forgot to check right before we came in because they might have. You, yeah, maybe, maybe you can find yeah, out while I'm talking do. about it. Uh, see if you can find um, like a release date and, uh, price. and pricing. It sounded like the last thing I was reading was something about them. It being kind of like you can add it on to like your Hulu subscription. Like they're right, they want to bundle it. Yeah, which that's interesting. I'd be down with because I already have Hulu. I don't have Hulu, but that might see that would get me interested in maybe getting Hulu. It depends. And they it have, depends have what kind of type of packages. But what we do know already is they've said that they are doing every single. Uh, their entire Disney Pixar everything right? animated library so is going amazing. to be available. So amazing! So that is crazy. By itself, that's worth the entrance fee. Yeah, that alone has me intrigued. But now here, I'm going to go through this exhaustive list of shows that are being created, uh, rumored. Some are definitely going to happen um, for the service. Uh, a series adapted from the Disney movie Escape to Witch Mountain. Um, a 10-episode series, a Diary of a Female President, about a 12-year-old Cuban-American girl. Then they're going to do a documentary about Walt Disney Imagineering, which I'm actually that'd be very, cool. I'm yeah, that'd very, be very absolutely that. excited for that. Um, a Timmy Failure film directed by Spotlight's uh, Tom McCarthy. Tim. Yeah, right. Uh, live Action Lady in the Tramp remake. Yeah. A Sword in the Stone remake. Okay. Uh, Noel, a movie starring Anna Kendrick. Uh, Togo, or Tago, I'm not sure how they pronounce it. A sled movie starring Willem Dafoe. (laughs) A Three Men and a Baby remake. Really? The Paper Magician film. A Star Girl film. I don't think it's the... I do not think it's... It can't be. It can't be, because that is already announced that for the DC universe. No no relation to the DC character. A high school musical series. That's upsetting. Yeah, um... Here, Darren might be interested, a possible Muppets series. I thought that wasn't possible. I thought that was the first thing they announced. Okay, well, I don't know. Way back, because I remember that was one of my stories, and I was, uh, I almost, in my head, like, I bought the Disney service then, because <laughs> I'm such a Muppets fan. Uh, nothing confirmed on that as of you know, now. So who's, let's hope. You would think they would uh, do that, but we'll see. Um, Star Wars The Clone Wars, a new season from that... Uh, Animated, so assumedly all the old seasons will be on there as well. Yes, because they honestly they just removed those from Netflix yeah. last week. And I know that uh, Rebels never made it there. Correct. And I'm assuming. Hopefully, I bet you that'll. I managed to see. I managed to get past for season one and partly into season two of Rebels. Boy, did I like it! Yeah. I have to watch the I last thought season. It was good. I haven't seen anything past. Really, like, it was really two. good. It was infinitely better than the Clone Wars. Huh. But you know, it's funny. My son made me start watching the Clone Wars. I might give it another run. I was in a big Much better than I thought it was going to be. I didn't Rebels better, though? Uh, yes, okay. for me, yes. Rebels it, felt like old-school Star yeah, Wars at times. Absolutely. Um, also, they're going to bring Marvel movies starting with uh, 2019's Captain Marvel will be the first Marvel movie on the, the streaming service. They're probably waiting for licenses to loosen up on the others. And Correct. And bring them over. Absolutely. 
Um, and the, the that being said, also the first Star Wars movie is going to be Episode Nine. To and um, the first uh, Pixar film will be Toy Story Four. Now, also, uh, we've talked about this before, they're going to have the live-action uh, Star Wars TV series, mm-hmm. The Mandalorian. Um, and they're also doing a live-action Star Wars Rogue One prequel uh, starring Diego Luna. Okay. We're also doing a live-action Marvel series focused on Avenger characters, Loki, starring Tom Hiddleston. I knew that was coming. Yep. Uh, a Marvel series featuring Scarlet Witch, played by Elizabeth Olsen. Did she... They're all dead. Uh, yeah. Moving on. Right. Okay, fair enough. Sure. Okay, we're, we're closing in. We're closing in the end of the list. Now, this the newer one um, announces a Marvel Limited series focused on Hawkeye. Did you hear about this? Yeah. Let's talk about is it. Is it an identity? Is I'm it looking based, right is at it. Is it based on the Fraction stuff? Sure sounds like it. Oh, is. no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is expected to chronicle his adventures passing the torch to Kate Bishop. So um no I mean that was in the fraction they were already buddies at that point, so that would be a, like a young Avengers situation. I have a feeling that's what it's going to be, man. Uh, he lent that to me. Oh my god! Seriously, it's so at good. some point, Tim, I need to slide. Okay. It's right. oh, it is it is one of my favorites from since we started doing this. All right, so the whole the, the it was lifted from uh, the Green Arrow hard traveling heroes okay. when he was street level, and I read that I loved this kid. They do it better. They do it better. It's just about it's, him protecting, uh, this, protecting yeah, this, like, apartment complex, and he gets his dog lucky. There's a whole issue that's just through the perspective of the dog, and it's, like, him and Kate Bishop at some point. It's just, oh, my God. Right, it's so okay. good. All right. I'm down for and that. David Aya's art with that. Oh, it's so good. I got to stop. I got to stop. Okay. We're almost near the end of this list. Believe this exhaustive list. Um, there's going to be also now a possible Marvel series that would team up. Bucky Barnes and uh, Sam Wilson, also known as the Falcon, um, and just announced. Actually, they're going to do an animated series spinoff of Pixar's Monsters Inc. That could be fun. Called Monsters at Work with John Goodman yeah. and Billy Crystal. Oh, that's, that's my favorite. So good. Yeah, I yeah. For that. I'm all right. I'm, Disney Plus, take my money. Oh, they so got it. Did you find anything else? Well, the thing that everyone's upset about is they only announced that the release date is somewhere in late 2019. So there has been no confirmation mm. of price, no confirmation on the ex- exact release date. Man, I, I can't believe... I mean, uh, they're just primed to get my money. Just tell me what I got to do. All right, and here's the last bit of Disney Plus news for me, what I'm really interested in. Uh, you guys remember the What If comic? Oh, yes. God, yes. Yes, yes. I'm so excited for this. There never seemed to be middle ground with those. It was either, yeah. this is amazing, or what a dumb idea that right. was. Yeah. And, and that was the beauty of it, you know? And uh, while it appears that they're talking about making a animated series on uh, Disney+. Plus, That'd be fun. So, but it, uh, uh, do we have any details about it? Is it using, like, the old issues and, like, animating those? Or are they going to make their own what-if stories? Or You know what? They haven't. Uh, they haven't. I haven't found any details about that. I think they would be foolish not to grab I some own of the ones. a good, like, 20 of yeah. them just randomly around. I think. I have I, some, too. I remember one that was like, what if Wolverine was the Phoenix? And like, just, oh man. Those are always cool. They're just fun because right. it's all the questions. Yeah, they even said here, what if Loki found Thor's hammer? You know, yeah, that type yeah, of thing. Fun. And, 
it, it's yeah what if uncle ben had lived yes, yes you know things like that i'm really i believe aunt may dies because uncle ben lives for some yeah. reason it's it, weird i don't remember but i remember liking that series yeah and so i'm really i hope that that definitely goes through i should dig those up for a retro at some point that'd yeah. be fun yeah it would be a really good idea Something we could all do, actually. Let me see if I can find them. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, well, some not-so-great news in the movie front. Uh, Hellboy comes out this weekend with terrible, terrible pre-reviews. Heard that. Literally one article that I read said, it is the worst comic book film ever put out. That's correct. Better than... This is worse than Fantastic Four. Oof. Ouch. That is a massive kick. Um, there are a few people that are like... It's it's okay, but lots of scathing things about it. It's just violent to be violent. It's just it's vulgar to be vulgar. It doesn't really do anything. It's just this movie that's there. Uh, it's just not good. It's it, just not good. Weren't the originals? The good. I liked them. The, they were yeah, fun. I didn't see them. And oh, they're fun. I, I heard they're beloved. Yeah, no. It, oh, yeah. They literally said this, that is, second one was this is doing damage to the comic is what it said. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, so again, haven't seen it. It's not officially out, but these are the critic reviews before the thing, which sucks. Yeah. Um, On my last bit of news, kind of sad news, but I'm happy for the same reason, and I'll explain why. It has been stated that... Avengers Endgame is going to contain Stan Lee's final oh. cameo. That makes me happy in the sense that, you know, they obviously had a film before he passed. Right. And that means we're not going to get computer-generated Stan Lee for the sake of putting Stan Lee in these movies. Tell me, just a quick aside, related to this. Mm-hmm. Come on, the Captain Marvel movie, that Stan Lee tribute at the be- first at the beginning... I, I was almost yeah, bawling. That was... And also his cameo in the movie was... I... And she just... The way she just looked at him... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The, all the feels. And I, and, I, and I do love that little piece in all of those movies. And... Yeah. I just... It's going to be sad to see it go, but I'm glad they're doing it the way that they are. And not trying to fabricate him into these movies. Yeah, you know, that's good because I heard that he recorded ton of like alternates and mm-hmm. like if I've they, if they, if they want i have too i've seen some on the line and like they could have added them in movies down the line i'm glad they're that they're letting stopped. the man rest yeah, yeah. and i the great thing another great thing about these cameos was those actually introduced my kids to stanley yeah it was a jumping off point to uh educating them about um stanley and the marvel universe and comics in general so it, uh, yeah, boy, Darren, just watching the intro to Captain Marvel was... You can likely find that online at this point. I'm sure. I'm sure it, you can. It, it is. It's something special. It really is. Yeah. It's... It, uh, oh, see, now I'm getting weepy just about Stanley. All right. So we need to talk about something else. <laughs> well, in more Marvel news, Chris Hemsworth will be taking over the role of the Hulk. Wait a minute, hold on, time out. Not that Hulk. Well, you know something, brother? I've been to the top of the mountain, and I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death, and what you gonna do when the Hulkamaniacs and the largest arms in the world run wild on you, brother? Sorry for your levels, and also, if anybody's keeping count at home, that is our second Darren impression for the evening. I got one more for you. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. That's my the beginnings of my macho. Movie. All right, all right, all right. So he's gonna be playing... <laughs> Hulk Hogan, 
in a biopic about Hulk Hogan. I hope it's about okay. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Immediately, this vaults to my top of my list of movies oh I will goodness. wait in line for. That's amazing. How could you not want to see this movie? I mean, and by the way, um, I will I will audition for either the Macho Man Randy Savage or Ric Flair. I I could be down for this. I <laughs> yeah, really this sounds like yeah. I, I if there's so anything that's going to get me to the theaters. This is going to be the one, man. I'm telling you. I think that could be inspired casting. I really do. I He's... Uh, well, they're going to have to make some concessions. Otherwise, he's just going to have to bulk up. I mean, he's big now. He's a big guy. He's not he Hogan big. big. Guy. He no, is not the... Ho- Hogan's like six. He was. Yeah. He's like six, eight. It's crazy. So he's not... I mean, he's... I mean, he's... I mean, also, he isn't Hemsworth like... He's cut, right? Hogan yeah. was... Bulky. I mean, he wasn't ripped like. I mean, so it's gonna. I mean, it's it's interesting to see if like how that's gonna work. I don't It'll know, man. Work. He's gonna. It'll he's, work. I, I have faith. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a lot of weight that dude's gonna have to pack on. Uh, and another coming soon poll, and I left this a little blank because I wanted to get your organic reaction to this, especially you, Tim. Now I found this interesting, and this is how sometimes studios put this stuff out there just to see. What the reaction would be. Last month, Coming Soon ran a poll asking fans if they wanted a revival of the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batman film, specifically having the two team up for a third film, which I guess would eliminate Batman Forever and Batman and Robin from their continuity. No problem here. <clears throat> now, the two options you had were yes, take my money now, no, their era is over. Anyone want to take a guess at which one won and the number by which it won? Uh, it's take my money now. Are okay. you in that category? Because I sure yeah, as hell I, I, think, I am. Yeah, I think I am also. I think yeah. it'd be fun. Because it's so different. Like you're saying about the Marvel fatigue and the, we were talking about the formula and mm-hmm. that. This just totally goes so far away from the formula. I think it's I think it's breaking the the... DC formula, which is yep. what people are hungry for. But you know what, though? Aren't they three for their last four now? Wonder Woman, Justice League stunt, but people seem to like Aquaman. Shazam's getting a lot of love. So Did anyone see Aquaman? Me- I, I didn't not. see. I mean, it uh, got good I reviews. Either, I didn't yeah. either. It got good reviews. I mean, people really I'm for it. this, and I think it won by a lot. There is a lot of Keaton I w- love. I would say there. it won 78 percent maybe i higher i was yeah? gonna i was gonna i was gonna say i'm going 79 percent jerk 88 percent and this is it's eleven thousand uh, votes on a website like this for that so i don't know if anyone's if the, if this poll catches fire i'm all for it i am i'd be 100 like old bruce wayne maybe maybe not like dark nike's because we've already started went down there but Man, he's like comes back. He still looks fine. I mean, he, I don't he, care what they'll do. I don't care. I'm in. I I yeah. It, it would be so bizarre, wow. incredibly whether it was great or horrible, I'm in. And would we know either way? <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Cuz every time I research like the best Batman films, Batman Returns always finishes one or two and I keep going how? That, I, that thing is so weird. It is so weird. Danny DeVito and... It is... I mean, it's... 
I don't know. I, I don't know. It's certainly not the worst Batman film. No. But it's I okay. People, you got a strange feeling of what you like about Batman. That is what they say. Um, a guy said it best. I, I read online. Um, he said it's not a Batman film. It's a Tim Burton film. Oh sure. Very much a Tim yeah, Burton yeah, yeah. film. So bizarre. And finally tonight, Tim. Excited about this. Deadwood is a lot closer than we thought. Oh my gosh. May 31st. Just so happens to be my birthday. Um, I don't know if I'll watch it then, but you know what I started doing with my wife? I started rewatching the series. Did you? Does How's it? it hold oh up? Oh my god. It, it is all immediately within, within the first five minutes. It's my favorite show again. Really? Can, I, we, can we just say right now, there isn't a character on, and, and that we've talked about that should ever think they could mess with Seth Bullock. The angriest man. Oh, he's so angry. <laughs> you, Thanos, he would stare down Thanos like, I will beat you in the street. And he will beat him in the street. I, you know, the crazy thing, Darren, is I've never finished season three. And um, so, <clears throat> and I've thought about Just going... Because I don't even know where I ended in season three. And so I toyed with the idea, maybe I should just start over again. And maybe the greatest villain, non-villain, Al Swearingen. Oh my gosh. He, that guy, he walks on screen and you, you, you literally don't move. Yeah. I it is. I Have you seen Deadwood? I I didn't watch it. It was I saw it like maybe part of season one. Uh, If you didn't get into it, you're not gonna get into it. I think at the time it wasn't. Didn't grab you. Yeah. To me, this grabbed me, and I oh, I don't have HBO. I don't either. I don't. That was my problem. Well, you know, here, let me let me let me explain a rumor to you that uh, would make make me get HBO later in the summer. We're hearing that the f- rising the Phoenix rising from the ashes, Cleveland Browns are going to be the uh, subject of what is it? Hard Knocks again? They're not going to do it again, are they? I think they are. Get out of here! Did you watch that last year? No. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, I've heard great. It was great. I mean, now this time, that's not going to be the highlight of the year, <laughs> we, we hope. Let's win our first game. Yeah. Win your opener, yeah. beat Pittsburgh, then we'll talk. Anyway, I feel like I'll probably, if I watch the show with Maria the way we've been watching it, right around that time is when it's, we're going to finish it, and then I'll get the month of HBO so I can watch Hard Knocks and then get that. So we'll let you know when I get it. All right. <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, are you guys ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think you're going to enjoy this. No, I know I am. (laughs) All right. Let me just say this. Before we dive in, we at the Panel Scanners offices are proud to announce that we will be returning to Carolyn John's Comic Shop in Cleveland for a third year in a row, recording live during their midnight release party for Free Comic Book Day 2019 on Friday, May 3rd. We will be running some trivia, talking with fans and cosplayers. We may have a special guest or two, and we'll talk about all the books we are looking forward to grabbing and what we've been enjoying so far this year. It's a jam-packed agenda that does not leave room for a certain infelicitous anniversary. I'm referring to an anniversary that is hard to comprehend as it... You tell me, this feels like yesterday to me. But how long? Twenty years ago. No. Next month, which is why we're doing it this month because we're going to be busy next month. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace was released in theaters twenty years ago. Next month. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It is. I mean, it, it feels like the reverberations that occurred from that event, which 
began years before the movie's release and has continued years after. It's just it's almost like it's never escaped us completely. I remember camping out, uh, waiting in line for tickets with you. I remember you leaving <laughs> me right. in that line yeah, for several hours. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I did. I had to go back to work. I do yeah. remember that. I do. Remember I that. was a much different age than you. Yeah, guys. he was like three <laughs> years old. I was in middle school. <laughs> we were plastered. Not to. <laughs> um, all right, so leading up to this episode, this particular segment, I found myself truly at odds with how, what, why to write? Why examine the dawn of the prequel trilogy when it feels incomplete without reference to the original trilogy, right? How much more needs saying about Star Wars' original trilogy or Episode One? But through conversations that I've had, I found that many are aware of the false dawn that Star Wars Episode One became, but they aren't really aware of the winding story how it came to be. They just see it as a middling Star Wars chapter at best, a soul-sucking, joy-siphon-ruining childhood memories <laughs> at worst. The sheer scope of global popularity Star Wars has met with the advent of on-demand user-produced video and ubiquitous social media turned what probably deserved to be a bit more than a nostalgic footnote into the most watched, most scrutinized cinematic series in history. What can we add? But here lies the rub. The, orig the original trilogy is not responsible for this pandemic-like compulsion to pour over every detail, every item, every frame in hopes of mining new theories. No, that blame belongs to Star Wars Episode One. The Phantom Menace. And ultimately, I decided we have to kill time on this podcast somehow. <laughs> so I present to you now the oral history of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, which I am dividing into four chapters. I am calling them the four A's of Star Wars Episode One: The Announcement, The Anticipation, The Arrival, The Aftermath. <laughs> Chapter One, The Announcement. Our story begins not in that faithful May of 1999, but rather a few years earlier in the fall of 1996, at a time period where the original trilogy had begun to fade into memory, save for a few rainy day cable marathons. That fall, a surprise trailer accompanied the Warner Brothers release Space Jam. The simple trailer showed a small television set in the middle of a blank movie screen with a single narrator reminding us for years this was the only way to have experienced Star Wars. Almost instantly, an X-Wing fighter burst through the confined TV space pursued by a TIE fighter to fill the screen with laser blasts as that old familiar triumphant theme blared through early versions of theater surround sound announcing the Star Wars Trilogy Special Editions. The message was clear. Star Wars was back and not to be missed. See it again for the first time. It was huge. Uh -huh. Fans had heard rumblings about what was next regarding Star Wars for years, and the promise of a few new surprises was enough to whet the appetite for winter 1997. There was genuine enthusiasm to have the beloved film series back in theaters. But, cue the record scratch sound effect here. In the years since, the Star Wars Trilogy Special Edition has come more known for its revisionist history, that of Greedo shooting first, than the overwhelming success the then-dormant saga achieved. 
In spite, or maybe because of, that success, the special editions endured quite a lot of backlash. The chief culprit was, of course, Greedo shooting first so Han could act in self-defense. But there was also Jabba's appearance in the Tatooine hangar to confront Han, which seemed a step behind what we'd come to expect from a Star Wars special effects team. And also, musical numbers? Truly, this was the first hit Star Wars took with fans in the re-release of the original trilogy. Of course, those concerns would later be eclipsed. Was it the Jabba? Yeah, at Jabba's Palace Jabba's with Palace. the, the yeah. weirdly the big lip. Uh, yeah, they and changed the, the Ewok song, too. too. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, <laughs> we could get on into that another time. The A lot of the changes I did not mind. Some of them I didn't mind. I I, I always felt like, well, Han had to act in self-defense. I'm like, well, he knew he was getting shot. Yeah. He knew he was getting killed. That one, that one probably bothered me the most, actually. Like, things like the Wampa uh, showing him in the cave uh, there with Luke was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That was something that they <clears throat> failed with when they were filming back in the day. They just couldn't get it right. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen cut footage All of the how falling. horrible... Uh, no, they actually had, like, like they were going to have, like, a Wampa attack. Oh, yeah. In the, and they had these costumes. They looked so horrible. And Did they you, actually go, go ahead. ahead. No, you please. No, please. I was just gonna say they got it so right in the special edition when Luke's hanging in the cave. And, yeah, they did. And that Wampa's like gnawing on you know some bones and that. It looks up and I'm like that thing looks terrifying. Yeah, it does. You know, and the things they got right about that are like five second clips almost. Yeah. So you almost you forget about them. But um, did you watch that lost? documentary that was found earlier this year and put on YouTube about the making of The Empire Strikes Back? I did. I did too. It was great. Yeah, I loved it. I, I, I don't know. But um, you know what bothered me about the, the remakes? Hmm. Remember at the end with Dar- when Obi-Wan's fighting Darth Vader lightsabers and he, the lightsaber goes out? You know what I'm talking about? In he the, points the lightsaber at the screen. Yeah, you They can't. didn't fix that. <laughs> I remember like, oh, they're going to fix it. The, they didn't fix like, the How one- did you... The one thing they didn't fix, yeah, it, it's, it's, I don't know. It's anyway, yeah, yeah. Fan backlash, fan joy backlash over the special editions aside, what audiences were unaware of was the re-release of the Star Wars trilogy meant Lucasfilm was meant by Lucasfilm to serve as field tests for something on a much grander scale. Star Wars creator George Lucas had actually begun writing new films in the Star Wars universe as early as 1994, rumors of which had begun circulating in trade publications as far back as 1993. Now, Tim, maybe you can help me shed some light on a particular here. And we texted about this the other day. I tried unsuccessfully searching for an exact date on which Star Wars Episode One was officially announced. I seem to recall being unaware of it during the re-release schedule, but word coming not long after, and I remember seeing some sort of concept art, maybe in Entertainment Weekly, like a skiff landing platform on Coruscant. Does this sound familiar? It doesn't. It is funny for the life of me. I can't remember it. I mean, I know it was announced. I almost feel like it was like on the Today Show or something. Because social media, there was no social media. Of course not. Uh, the way it is today. So you... 
probably either, like you said, you probably saw it in a magazine or it was announced on the news. It was probably just a little blurb on the news. Maybe, like, I know he was interviewed a lot leading up to the special editions, maybe in subsequent interviews. I know I... If- I found a bunch on YouTube was he says, yeah, we're going to make some new ones, but I never... I, I, I figured I'd be able to find a press release or something. Boy, Nothing. I couldn't find I, it. I should look back because I think right around the time of uh, the re-releases, I resubscribed to like Star Wars Insider. I did too. I bet you. I sold on mine on eBay for like. Oh, bucks. did you? Yeah. That's that's pretty. I had the number one. Yeah. Really? I'm sure. <laughs> I may sell mine now. I I should try and find the. I'm sure that, that them. I mean. I, I was. That's got to be where yeah, I must have first heard it, or it was first confirmed, or something. Along I bet. That. I bet it. And by the way, what a great subscription that oh was for gosh. a while. It was. It really was. I still remember the Simpsons edition. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. Where they did like all the they did a whole article about all the Simpsons references and. Oh really? And the cover was uh, Homer and uh, Bart in the Bespin fighting lights. Yeah. It was pretty cool. The, the the greatest thing that I remember that relates to this was well I don't know was. The Darth Maul on the cover. Oh, yeah. Maybe, wait a minute, should this... Well, I guess this is kind of coincides with the announcement and that. Or what do you got? The announcement, the arrival. The announcement, the anticipation. Anticipation. I think we're going to get to Maybe anticipation. This. Let yeah. me talk about that. Oh, I got... During I got, anticipation. Trust me, I got room for you guys. I, I want to I talk... I got another 40 bit. minutes here. <laughs> oh, I want to talk... Nevertheless. What are you, what are you an energy vampire? Yeah. <laughs> do you, are you watching what we do in the shadows? Uh, I, I saw the film. I didn't... I haven't watched the... I don't cable, so... It's great. I hear it's amazing. I'm sorry. It's, uh, I'm sorry, Derek. Nevertheless... <laughs> Following the re-release schedule, George Lucas appeared in several interviews confirming the already in pre-production Star Wars prequel trilogy to follow the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. The countdown was on. Chapter 2. The Anticipation. Depending on when you were aware of a new series of Star Wars films, two full years would be the least amount of times fan would have to endure before the next chapter known initially as Star Wars The Beginning before becoming more formally known as Star Wars Episode One, Fortunately for fans, Star Wars had begun a mild revival in the early 1990s with the release of two sequel storylines. Author Timothy, Timothy Zahn released three books now commonly known as the Thrawn Trilogy. Did you read those? I remember getting them because that was the first bit of... Mm-hmm. Honestly, that, that was... was the, that was like the first shot. We were in such a drought. There was nothing after, after Return, Jedi. After Jedi. Maybe the Marvel comics, but, you know... Boy, that was that's really... That's a stretch. That was a stretch. It, there was... The, it was such a drought, and that was the first bit of I still any, have them. I read them, yeah. yeah. And if you want to know more about the Thrawn trilogy, I did do a retroactive review of the comic adaptations of those. I forgot to look up when that was. I started reading it. It didn't... Keep they have interest. you know what they that series has the distinction of you are not going to create a character that a villain as good as Darth Vader. You got about as close as you were going right. to get. Anyway, um, and also what I actually really liked was the Dark Empire miniseries from Dark Horse Comics. Now. If you want more of my reactions to Dark Empire, check out my retroactive review from way back in September of 2012, episode 4 of The Panel Scanners. Both the books and comics were warmly received by critics and fans alike. 
Then small batches of micro-machine vehicles popped up here and there. Super Nintendo offered some very fun platform games. And a whole new action figure line from Kenner in 1995 kept the light speed engines burning online. But just in the next galaxy was something more. We'll get to exactly what in just a moment. Most of us really didn't need that many revival in the early 1990s to cement our love of Star Wars. We already saw Star Wars as far more than just a trio of fun movies, but for those of us who had begun entering adulthood yet refusing to part with our original Kenner action figures, for those of us who adopted the original trilogy as mythology, we should have realized then that these waiting days were the halcyon days of our Star Wars fandom. This age was my peak Star Wars fandom. Star Wars meant a lot to me. It was my mythology growing up because I was the perfect age to accept it. My childhood parallels the releases of the original trilogy. As Star Wars happened, I happened. The passion never left. And when I knew there were more films coming, the waiting was such sweet agony. But had I known then what I know now, that hype was an enemy, I would have treaded more lightly. But my passion, and like so many others like me, was fueled by something adjacent to the forthcoming film. Something unexpected, something revolutionary in its industry holding us over, helping us kill time until May 1999, was LucasArts. <laughs> LucasArts had begun producing video games from Rebel Assault to TIE Fighter, Dark Forces to Jedi Knight and Beyond. These games were genre-defining classics, putting you front and center, controlling your own destiny in a galaxy far, far away. Never before had you been this close, at the controls of an X-Wing, wielding a lightsaber, a blaster. It was Star Wars wish fulfillment years before Episode One, <clears throat> Because of the games, books, comics, and new figs, because of our daydreams, we would need to fill in the gaps of how Darth Vader and Obi-Wan's friendship disintegrates this. This time period, 1997 and 1998, was the best time to be a Star Wars fan. Dark Horse had continued to produce great expanded universe comics, and we were, and we were all on our dial-ups waiting for another teaser image from Episode One to slowly download, our imaginations running <laughs> wild with anticipation. That, that was the internet film. I, I'm aware. I'm not that young. <laughs> but the games were magnificent. This was the era when 3D shooters had begun to emerge, and Lucasfilm wasted no time putting you in the Star Wars universe. Even on a monitor as small as 15 inches, which was pretty much as big as they came back then, those were what you used to like view data on a computer, um, you had the freedom to roam space in familiar locales. We felt like we had arrived in the Star Wars universe. <clears throat> in September in 1998, we finally got the official title from Lucasfilm, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. The title was met with some ridicule, perhaps being a two-bit melodramatic. I don't know, it felt in lockstep with the old daily movie serials on which Star Wars was partly based. Two months later in November, two years after we were surprised by the Star Wars re-release trailer, we finally got our first look at the new Star Wars film. The first trailer for Star Wars Episode One was a cultural event unto itself. The pre-streaming video internet meant it was not available on demand. You had to be in theaters to see the trailer. That's not true. 
Shut up, Tim. I da- <laughs> Films that I carry- downloaded. It. Whatever. It took. I, I tell you what. It took. I remember downloading it uh, to why um, we had internet at work. It. I started it when I got into work. It wasn't downloaded till mid afternoon. Yeah. So most people went to the it, theaters to see it. It took thing. forever. Oh, yeah. Um, films that carried the trailer at its debut ended up being among the top grossing films of the year because fans paid tickets to get into the film to see the Star Wars trailer, then left after the trailer ended. I don't recall anything but positivity from seeing the trailer for that first time. All the anticipation, all the hype sure seemed justified, or at very least, nothing in the trailer seemed to sound any alarm bells. Sure, there were some strategic miscalculations. As I've detailed on this podcast before, Darth Maul revealing his double-bladed lightsaber robbed audiences of one of the movie's biggest surprises. And made Phil stop watching trailers. Yep. (laughs) Is that the one? No, that's one of them. That's on my short list. But honestly, largely, I think we were all just kind of like excited and holding our breath. There was one other more comprehensive trailer release and some pretty neat TV spots called Tone Poems, but the hype machine reached its apex with that first look. The sands and the massive two-plus-year hourglass were inching closer and closer to the big moment. Stories began to emerge about moviegoers' plans for seeing the movie. I don't know, like waiting for tickets and then abandoning your buddy to go back to work. (laughs) People were excited to make this a communal event. That was brilliant. I remember reading one extreme story, and I think you were the one who told me about this, Tim, about some people who had quit their jobs and were avoiding leaving their houses to minimize their chances of getting killed. (laughs) All that just to ensure they wouldn't miss episode one. Toys hit shelves, posters plastered everywhere, strange product tie-ins permeated department stores. The only thing left was May 1999. Chapter 3, The Arrival. More than any other movie in history, Star Wars Episode 1 felt like an event because no other movie before or since has had as much hype preceding it. Opening on Wednesday, May 19th, 1999, the remainder of that week and subsequent weekend was dominated by all things Star Wars. We had collectively returned to a galaxy far, far away, and the excitement was visible everywhere you went. Yeah, that's because the marketing saturated everything from toiletries to Jar Jar Binks candy tongue, with which you quite literally lick Jar Jar's tongue. You made out with Jar Jar. He's a sad. <laughs> and it was delicious. It is here when things start to turn south. With the marketing blitz having begun months earlier, there exists a possibility that the wave of excitement and goodwill the new Star Wars was riding had already begun to eddy before the movie's release. There was just so much that oversaturation does not qualify or quantify the total inundation of Star Wars Episode One stuff. It could be possible that audiences were already pre-exhausted. Sadly, the movie did not help its own cause. I don't know of too many people that disliked the movie immediately after its viewing. Though, Tim, I will bow to your sensibilities. You told me directly after the closing credits that you had concerns. You said it was better the second time around, and I do recall like one particular time where we went and saw it again that was really funny. We <laughs> we had a theory, theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a theory that uh, there was a reason that o- Ian McGregor kept walking off screen. If you watch that movie, every time he delivers a line, he walks off screen. He wasn't too far removed from his uh, uh, train spotting days. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. It made the movie much more enjoyable when you yeah. had that thought in your head. Yeah, there he goes again. 
start tapping that vein. <laughs> I was going to say, that was my favorite part. When you tap in the movie theater, you start tapping the, the vein. Uh, well, Tim aside, I, I think generally people seemed excited. But you know what happened? People started having conversations about it, asking questions, pointing out inconsistencies, and the thin fabric on which the prequel trilogy was sewn began to fray. Midichlorians? Anakin was a virgin birth? Yoda didn't train Obi-Wan? Hard and fast truths we all believed about the Star Wars mythology, our mythology, began to erode. The Force wasn't magic, it was science. Anakin is Jesus? Yoda, apart from looking far less believable than when we last saw him on screen 16 years earlier, seemed like a non-factor. It all began to be evident to all but the most forgiving, most apologetic Star Wars fan. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace had landed with a thud. So many of us, including myself, convinced ourselves that we liked the movie. And I am now somewhat or very ashamed to admit that I saw the movie like seven or eight times in theaters. Granted, I was popular among my friends as a huge Star Wars fan and all wanted to see it with me, and I was more than happy to oblige. But the arrival brought with it cracks in the foundation. Chapter 4, The Aftermath. An increasingly vocal faction of the fan base had rejected the movie. Not because it was subpar. After all, most movie sequels disappoint. But because it didn't feel like that which came before it. Too much of what we love was missing. Episode 1 took too many liberties with itself. It asked fans to change what they thought about Star Wars. It asked the children, who had grown up to become young adults, and had used the teachings of the Force as a quasi-moral compass to change their belief system. In short, it simply asked too much of us. It also asked us to believe it was a good movie. (laughs) Episode 1 left much disappointment and many questions in its wake. In the years since, it has become a referential hallmark for anything that disappoints on a large scale. However... The enthusiasm for the new Star Wars trilogy remained intact. It wasn't all bad, was it? While a giant miscalculation to kill off Darth Maul, his duel with Obi-Wan remains a high point of the series. Though I prefer the original Stormtroopers to the slightly annoying droids, watching Jedi slice their way through the droids without having to worry about their conscience was pretty neat. Pod race was fun. The opening of the movie was pretty fun, too. Tim, you've said it for years. There's a good movie in there somewhere. Um, Yeah. Hmm. I think it was <laughs> only that one. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, episode one is not what killed Star Wars, and I suspect many share my sentiment. In truth, I kind of like episode one. Phil, you, I watched it a few summers ago, and you said, you're going to enjoy that more than you think you are, because Lily wanted to watch it, and I said, then watch episode one, and you were right. I kind of liked it. I think that far removed from it, yeah. Yeah. I think the fondness I have for everything that surrounds episode one leaves a sense of goodwill attached to the movie. Truly the only thing not to like about everything surrounding the movie is the movie itself. Without it, and the interest it generated, maybe we don't get all those great games and comics. Further, some of us told ourselves the better episode 2 was, the better episode 1 would ultimately become. After all, how legendary would the original trilogy be without the tonal shift of The Empire Strikes Back? It wasn't a lost cause just yet, was it? Sadly, this is where we come to the end of our story. Where did Star Wars die for you? If it did, I mean, this is merely one man's perspective. 
How is episode one ultimately remembered? Seems to me that it takes the brunt of the ill will the prequels generate. But for my money, episode one gets too much hate. It is the far more damaging, unforgivable Star, unforgivable Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones Ugh. that really sinks the prequel trilogy. But for me, it isn't even Episode Two that's killed Star Wars for me. Do either of you remember? And you were like, I don't know, three. Um, <laughs> sometime in two thousand, the four <laughs> fifteen, you jerk. <laughs> The Force.net <laughs> released a fan-made trailer that got traded all over the internet. It featured spliced-together scenes from the original trilogy, The Phantom Menace, and movies with other actors who were rumored to be attached to Episode 2, such as Christopher's Lee and Walken, amongst others. While I, I actually looked this thing up and found it, little more than people looking at each other on or off screen, but it was set to the music... And it seemed to have the beats right. And it somehow set the fan, blaze, fan base ablaze with hope that episode two would rekindle the fire. I was still fully in by this point. So hope remained. Then, not long after that, fan trailer offered hope. Still almost two years away from episode two, Lucasfilm made an announcement about episode two that confirmed the new Star Wars was nothing more than a marketing cash grab with little regard to its mythological foundation. It was something I could not ignore and was no longer willing to accept its flaws. Do either of you know what it is I am referring to? Nope. Mm -mm. Perhaps you will recall that it was around this time George Lucas announced that the boy band Sync. Oh would be appearing in Star Wars Episode 2. And that was the nail in the coffin they for me. made a They made a Saturday Night Live skit based on that. Have you ever seen it? No. We'll have to look it up after the podcast. You'll die laughing. That was it for me. You were burned for a long time on Star Wars. Yeah. Perhaps... Perhaps there is room to be grateful for episode one. I, I do kind of like it. With baseball and basketball and the annual fortunes of the Cleveland Cavaliers and Indians being the only possible exceptions, I have never talked about a movie, TV show, game, comic, or any pop culture relic more than episode one over the years since it's been released. It kind of became fun to talk about and then talk about again, for better or worse. I kind of enjoyed researching this piece. Actually, Kind of embarrassingly, I didn't have to look a whole lot up. It's sort of locked away in the part of my brain reserved for the fondness of nostalgia. You know, the biggest part. Um, it's just that everything leading up to the movie was so joyous for a Star Wars fan. But alas, it will be Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, that will always be the punching bag for the Star Wars universe. Not the far worse Episode Two. Not the limping to the finish line Episode Three. Not nor the fair, then regrettable straight remakes of the street sequel trilogy or the whatever films that'll be outside the main saga. While episode one may deserve a bit more from fans, its destiny shall remain that which is spoken of in harsh tones. For what it's worth, guys, here's what I have uh, in terms of how I rate the movies. Empire's number one, Star Wars is number two, Return of the Jedi is number three, Solo's number four, the Force Awakens is number five. I have Phantom Menace at number six. 
I've got Rogue One, Last Jedi, Sith, and the Clone Wars all rounding out. And only the last three, Last Jedi, Sith, and Clone Wars, I don't like. I like all the other ones. I can't even. There's too many to rank anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they made ones outside of the original trilogy. Clone Wars punched me in the face. I fell asleep during the, the third one, episode three. I fell asleep in the theater, and then I never saw it until I rewatched them for the podcast. Really? That's do how much I didn't like Do you like remember those. my story about episode three? What movie? It, it you. I think I recall that something happened with the projection of it. Like, you never finished it. Like, something I eventually did. in the theater. I went to see the movie. Uh, I think a couple of my mom and I, my mom, dad, and I went. We went to see the movie, and about an hour in, the projection crapped out and broke. And I was so done with it. And they asked us if we just want to get tickets. And I asked if I could have tickets to Batman Begins instead. And they said yes. I'm like, sweet. Batman Begins was out? Yeah, it was coming out the next month. Really? Yeah, it was coming out in June of 2005. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that they overlapped (laughs) like that. Yeah. Uh, The. It's funny. I hated them. But now, because of social media, I have a fondness for me. I like I go on Reddit all the time, and all people do is they'll start going in threads, and they will just start quoting lines from the movies. The of, creepy crap that Anakin says. It, 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 actually, a lot of it's Obi Wan Kenobi. There a lot of hello there, and or the so it's treason then, you know. And it uh, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, uh, that stuff it just cracks me up oh, that so these bad. people are are quoting. So it's it's become almost to me it's almost become like a cult. I mean it is cult classic is what it's become to me. I don't know if I've gotten there with the so bad it's good. It's so bad it's it's bad. Yeah. No, I remember when I rewatched them before Force Awakens, I was like, one is the only salvageable one out of the trio because. Two is just creepy, and three is just not a good movie. I don't, three has... I don't know. When was the last time you watched it, Tim? It's been on recently, the beginning past to couple end. months. I haven't beginning watched the beginning to end. I haven't watched the beginning to end, but I watched the beginning, and I'm just like, man, the space battle's incredible, and then when they're running around the the ship, and then I'm like, this is funny. Yeah, this but is then fun. he's like creepy hitting on Babysitter for right. like the rest of the movie, and yeah. it just, I just... I couldn't. I, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. The thing I remember the most about it coming out, like I said, my biggest concern before the movie came out, what the Phantom Menace, uh, was, I, I remember telling you, I go, what are they going to do for a villain? I said, they, the original Star Wars trilogy had the greatest villain of all time, and he's not the villain in this. Well, little did what, we know they were going to ruin that, too. Yeah. What <laughs> no! It, well, well it, I go, what are they... What are they going to do? And then that Star Wars Insider Magazine came with the... All it was was the face of Darth Maul. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I felt... And, and I saw that, I go, that's interesting. I felt about Darth Maul before you saw the movie. You're not going to get better than Darth Vader. This is about as close as you were going to get. That was pretty cool. the most mis used character in the Star Wars franchise. I mean, more than Boba Fett by far. 
he would have you could have he should have been in all three movies should have had a much larger role in the first movie um he was he I couldn't believe that I, I to me like when I saw it and I started seeing him on screen for what little bit I go I can't believe it. I he, they're doing it again I don't know how they did it but somehow they got another great villain and then they destroyed him they by you know, it's weird yeah. because he doesn't need to say a thing so wasted he didn't need he, didn't, right. he didn't need, doesn't need dialogue it's cooler if he doesn't have dialogue right he oh in if he would have been oh. I, I'm not even going to go I mean, into I was it. even fine with him being the apprentice. No, that's, that's fine. fine. It was absolutely he could, fine. He could have turned on, uh, what's his face? Palpatine he, at some point. It was, he was perfect. And he should, like I said, should have had a much bigger role in episode one and should have carried through all three movies. And that should have been the one that uh, Anakin ultimately, um, you know, instead of Dooku, he should have been the one that, you know, Anakin took out. Yeah. It's funny. I remember reading an interview with George Lucas. It's like, well, I designed him so I can help build the legend of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I wanted to raise my hands like, you do know he's in three other movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In, when I, and I remember seeing the movie that night. I was just like, boy, this something doesn't feel right. And what really didn't feel right was that big shiny ship. Yeah. That killed it. That that was what really, really started getting me that things were... Well, Jar Jar Binks, don't get me wrong. Had yeah, that was rough. That was really rough. And the shiny ship, I'm like, Star Wars is... I know there's other parts of the galaxy, but Star Wars has been such a used... Um, used universe right. where everything... And all of a sudden, I'm in this place where everything's clean and and shiny and it, it was like it was star trek yeah yeah and that really so what i remember coming out of the theater and talking um outside of the theater is saying it did not feel like star wars to me and that was the biggest yeah issue. and i felt the same thing and it was one of those things that you couldn't really put your finger on why now the thing to me worse than jar jar worse than the shiny ship was the midichlorians. Oh, yeah. That, that to me, was... That sounded the alarm, because I actually like the Ewoks. I'll admit it right here. They don't bother me. They unless, don't bother me. But, uh, I mean, so the Jar Jar thing I was kind of prepared for, and I, and I kind of got a sense that, like, this sucker's going to be annoying. But, I mean, he doesn't... I mean, he's annoying, but he doesn't really ruin anything in that movie. <laughs> You're right. Those midichlorians... The Force was... It destroyed... Everything that the force it demystified for. everything we loved about it. Yeah, and it you're right. Midichlorians was ridiculous. See, I remember I remember going and seeing it, and like I went with a group of friends. We saw it and we talked about it afterward. I think we were a little more hyped because it was like a group of friends, and it was like sure. oh lightsabers, and it was like the first right. time we saw Star because you know different generations. First time we saw Star Wars actually premiere That's in the a good theater on yeah. bigger so, than life. Yeah. So I was like, man, that was really good. That's really good. Let's go and see it a second time. And the second time I wasn't riding the hype train. I watched the movie right. because the first time it was I was with my friends, like oh lightsaber, ah oh, Obi Wan Kenobi, ah. Oh. Right. Second time I was like. Is he Jesus? <laughs> and, and like the the guy I went with was like, I think I think so. What what's, what's going on? And we we seriously I came out of it after when we talked about it. I was like, there's something off. Like it didn't something didn't feel right. It didn't feel 
I didn't feel like there was. It felt like it was politics, and there was no mystery. Like I know that Anakin is going to become no, Darth politics. Vader at some point. There's no question that that's the Emperor chilling there. Why? Why? What happened? Where was the big villain? The guy that got cut up in the in, and cut up in half and fell down a pit? Like, I I don't know. And I I was torn. I didn't know how to feel. And we had hyped it up a lot. Like, we filmed, like, lightsaber fights where we used, like, broomsticks and we painted yeah. them colors and we were fighting each other in the woods behind my house. I remember all this stuff that led up to this movie and we watched the re-releases and we were talking about how, like, oh, the one I have on beta is a little bit better because it, ha- it, ha- it doesn't have that singing moment in Jedi. <laughs> the Ewoks have that more fun than yup, 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 song. And you had all these what things. What was that? Yup, 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 Okay. Anyway. an impression from film. Uh, uh, nice. Anyway. Um, so, like, you had all this stuff and you get hyped up and then it, it's just not there. Like, it wasn't that. It was... It was something new and something different, and on some level, I could appreciate what it was trying to be, and there was that nervousness, though, that it did feel like they were dancing more around, like, a political versus, like, a mystical aspect, but you didn't really get that political aspect until episode two, where you're like, did I just sit through a C-SPAN thing for two hours? (laughs) And it just, I I don't know, because to me... The Phantom Menace did not destroy Star Wars for me. It made me start to question Star Wars. Episode 2 killed me. You for, you made me forget about the trade negotiations. How would you forget? <laughs> That's like 90% of that film. Uh, and how does a queen get elected? Well, it's different. Man. How does she have someone who paints their face and no one realized that it wasn't the same? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I think we need to wrap this sucker up. Yeah, yeah. there's rage. I, I, Something tells me we we'll be talking about the prequel trilogy a little bit more next in a couple weeks. Yeah. Cuz why and why would that be? Because well, in keeping with this theme of uh observing the 20th anniversary of the release of Star Wars Episode 1 Phantom Menace, Phil, what are we doing in a couple We weeks? are going to talk about some of our biggest disappointments in this beautiful world that we live in. Uh, very open to interpretation, being video games, movies, books, comic books, I feel like this shoes, is, whatever. This is a scratch we need to itch. Yeah, and I think this is heating me up for it, or too. Or an itch we need to scratch. I will hopefully will still be heated by then. So uh, that's later this month, and I have a very cool retro review about Scott Pilgrim yeah, coming up. I'm um, and we're going to try to convince Tim to read some comic books. So mm, come good back. Luck. Uh, yeah, come back later this month, and uh, I have the we'll Star Wars Episode One adaptation for you, Tim. You're I'm in. You too. <laughs> so I guess uh, until then, does anybody have anything to plug? Anything happening? Uh, I will plug our episode in two weeks. All right, episode in two weeks. You can always follow us on Instagram at Panel Scanners, uh, and uh, man, my Twitter is pretty dead. I haven't done too much on it recently, so I, I would say Instagram is probably your best bet. Uh, or Facebook, you can find us there at the panel scanners as well. Um, well, I guess until later this month, enjoy your comic.